All right, everybody, welcome to episode number 86 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I am your host, Bill, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Little buddy, how you doing? Here we are again, <laughs> recording. <laughs> I about to say, I didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, the lack of interest uh, recently on our parts due to uh, busy schedules and whatnot has made this all the more difficult to get done. So uh, here we are on a beautiful Saturday morning in New York, getting things done, bud. Yeah, and it's a lovely day. You're absolutely right. So let's get started so we can get the hell out of here. On a positive note, bud, we're going to be talking about your favorite pastime, grave robbery. What? (laughs) Absolutely, Chris. It was just that one time. (laughs) Tonight, we are talking about the infamous video entitled Grave Robbing for Morons. Now, this video appears to have been recorded sometime in the late 80s or into the early 90s. And that's just judging by what we see on the video itself. But it didn't start getting massive popularity until the year 2010. And that is when it was released as part of a DVD set called Ensuring Your Place in Hell. This particular DVD was a two-part series, and I believe that this was on part two, and part one has never been seen. But on this particular DVD, it was divided into four sections, and each section had a very disturbing content. The four parts of the Ensuring Your Place in Hell DVD contained the following. The first segment that I saw was called Mortuary of the Dead. And I actually looked at this video. You can find it on YouTube. To me, it looks like it's just a bunch of people working in a morgue. The video goes on to show a bunch of fetuses in jars on a shelf. In addition to that, it shows a couple pieces of embalming equipment and whatnot. That's basically the gist of that video. The second one I watched was called Exploding Varmints. And this one did not seem to be like all the others. It was basically just this guy roaming around a countryside shooting squirrels. So that one was neither here nor there. But it didn't really seem to go with the other segments that were being shown in this video. And then the next one that I watched was called uh, Cooking with, oh, your twin, Chris, Huck Botko. This one was a little bit disturbing. This was uh, a guy who fancied himself somewhat of a chef, but the ingredients that he used were a little... How do I want to put this, Chris? Um, Abnormal. He would essentially make items out of roadkill and uh, semen, I guess is uh, what you would call the the other thing. Gross. But but that segment ended up (laughs) being proven to be a fake due to the fact that the guy, uh, Huck Bato there, was uh, a writer and went on to do some screenplays and whatnot. But the last segment, and the one that we're going to be talking about, is the one that has gained the most notoriety. And that one is entitled Grave Robbing for Morons. And it is appropriately named because they give us a tutorial on how to rob graves. And basically, the kid in the video is a moron. So it all kind of ties together nicely, Chris. So I sent you the video, and I wanted to get your feedback. And I'm just going to play the opening part of that right now so our listeners can hear. And uh, we can get back to uh, your synopsis of what you see going on here. On this big, all right, if it's a male, you might have lines like that from the, from the baldness. Okay? Now, so what you do is you grab it around here. Grab it here and peel it back like that, okay? Peel it back, all right, and then 
it'll pull off it'll make a disgusting sound um so let's say it's some someone important right or i see you uh, you take a sample of the uh, mustache right okay so you to make sure that uh, i'm so authentic or you take the dentures and you make sure they're with them so that way the person knows who this person is all right all right because sometimes sometimes you you go and you risk your ass looking for somebody all right and somebody might be paying some serious money for it so you have to make sure it's the real thing okay and, and you have to make sure it's the real thing so you have, you have to bring some kind of um proof judging by that very first clip of this video what says you what do you uh see here what are you thinking so your other kid is probably in his 20s He's got, looks like long black hair that's kind of tied up into a, a ponytail. And he's wearing like a, a black leather jacket, perhaps trendy wear uh, in the 80s, 90s, I don't know. <laughs> what are you saying, Chris? That's the era I grew up in. And I, I actually had long hair and, you know, I dressed very similar to this kid. So I'm looking at him and I'm looking at the background. And to me, this looks like the late 80s, but more likely the early 90s. And I'm going to guess that this kid was a quote unquote metalhead into the bands at the time. Megadeth, Metallica, Slayer, Exodus, what have you. So, yeah, this kid starts out into this video and it kind of like almost looks like it cuts midway in. Like, like the guy didn't start rolling until, you know, after he was already into his talk. But he's got a skull on his hand it looks real enough and i would say for that time error i doubt that was a replicated skull there's too much about it that's lifelike and he's talking about removing hair from the top of it but you could already tell like off the bat that something's unstable about this guy he's got a stutter but it's almost more than that it's almost like it was from drug use because it's like he can't keep a thought in his head and it and he like freezes sometimes and then all of a sudden he'll come back into the conversation. So something's definitely off with this dude. And if you look at him too, his hands look like they're all bloody and scuffed up. In addition to that, I'm looking at the skull as he turns it upside down. And you can see the hole where the spinal cord was attached to the skull here. And in addition to that, he's playing with the dentures that were in the skull here. And it all looks very authentic. I mean, the skull itself still looks dirty. And he appears to be covered in a little bit of dirt himself, judging by his forehead there, uh, unless it was Ash Wednesday when this was filmed. But it does seem to be a, a, a speck of uh, dirt or mud on his forehead as well. Looking at this skull here for the time era, talking about you know the late 80s or early 90s, this thing definitely seems very authentic. Yeah, he, and he's got other bones with him, like looks like a femur or something else. He's definitely no biology major, I'll tell you that. His <laughs> descriptions of the parts of the body are about as uh, layman's terms as you can get. Yes, indeed. So so that's how the video opens up. And as you stated, he discusses the initial encounter with the skull itself as far as ways to remove the remaining skin and whatnot that may be on the skull itself. And he goes into further detail about that down the road, and we're going to play another clip in a bit. But this got me thinking, looking at this videotape, and obviously this is from three or four decades ago, that was the time period where these kind of shock videotapes were coming out. In the late 70s throughout the 80s, there were a series of videotapes called Faces of Death. 
And on these videotapes, it was basically just a bunch of shocking recordings. Some ended up being staged, but some were definitely real. So it would be like unedited video of car accidents. Uh, there was one I remember about people being put in front of a firing squad. And if you've seen these videos, you will recall the horrifying scene of the monkey that was eaten at a restaurant. Basically, they take this little monkey and trap it into a table where only its head is exposed to the patrons of the restaurant. And they're each given a hammer or a mallet of some sort. They proceed to kill the monkey, crack open its skull, and eat the brains. So those are the kind of things that we're dealing with on these videos. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's disturbing. And I, I remember being a 10-year-old kid uh, going to rent these things. And I actually rented a Chris from the Yonkers famous Roberta's Video City down on McLean Avenue. So uh, any of our Yonkers listeners will definitely remember that place. But I remember going in there as a kid and you would have to request this video. Like it wasn't just on the shelf. So that added to the whole lore of it because you felt like you were doing something wrong. You felt like this is obviously something that you were not supposed to be watching. And as a kid, that made you want to watch it even more. But I digress. As I said, Chris, this initially gained popularity in 2010 as part of a DVD collection. But the original video itself was said to have made the rounds in the late 80s or early 90s via VHS tape. You kind of start going through the video a little bit. He talks about grave robbing, but he also talks about how to make sure that when you rob the grave, that you have identifiable information so that the person that you're robbing can be confirmed that it's them. So basically he's, he's saying that you're bringing this body to somebody that's going to pay you because you got somebody that they were looking to have. They wanted this person's body for whatever reason. So he's talking about like, you need to have certain features, like you want the hair or to keep the teeth intact because you want something that will be able to identify that this body is who, whoever you're giving it to is, says it is, you know what I mean? So it's like kind of freaky, especially his demeanor. Yeah, you're absolutely right, because he's very calm throughout this entire video, and there seems to be no remorse in uh, his tone at all. And you're right, you know, these kids talk about how there's a huge black market for these human skulls. And, you know, whether that be for any kind of ritual or religion or whatnot, but that seems to be the clientele that he is selling to. And furthermore, he goes into the specifics about the amount of money that he would charge and the percentages that he would take up front. And he's giving all kinds of advice on that. And in addition to that, Chris, he's also uh, talking about, you know, robbing a grave that is of a certain error. Because if you rob a grave that is a couple years old, obviously it's going to be a tad more fleshy and uh, a bit more difficult to disassemble. Then at this point, the kid behind the camera, who I believe goes by the name of Gino, talks about the usefulness of bringing a hatchet or a knife of some sort to sever the skull from the spinal cord itself. And we'll go on to play that clip right now. Yo, check it out. I think it's something new. You have to bring some kind of tool, man, because to get the head off, like this is so old that you can just pull the head off. Something with no. skin on it still, man. You have to rip that shit apart. You have to fucking get Bring, like, um, a hatchet or something. Yeah. So there you have that excellent commentary from Gino. So we have two intellects that we're uh, looking at right now, Chris. 
and both giving us advice on how to rob these graves. The part that I find funny, this kid, the main character of this video, who we find out goes by the name of Anthony, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. He talks about how important it is to not reveal your identity and basically keep this activity to yourself, which seems kind of odd to me because, first off, <laughs> he's the star of this video. Secondly, he starts naming names. And then third, he gives advice that you need to bring a group with you and include walkie-talkies and whatnot. So he immediately contradicts everything he says. You want no witnesses, so bring three, four, five guys. <laughs> with walkie-talkies and uh, have them as your lookouts. But you do not want anyone to know what you're doing. <laughs> And then he, he goes on to uh, say, uh, the summertime's best, but then the security guards are out. And so probably want to go. And then he says, in July, when it's cold. <laughs> so clearly, this kid's head's messed up. So he's probably thinking about the winter months, but he says July. He goes, the guards won't be out as much because they'll be cold. And then I'm thinking, well, won't the ground be frozen? Yeah, exactly. And it, But he does show us that he cares about us, Chris. He goes, because if you attempt to do this, it would be beneficial to you to wear some nice warm gloves. Oh, what a tip. Yes. So, <laughs> so Anthony is showing us that he has a, a little bit of a, a heart for his, uh, his students here. You brought up an interesting point regarding Anthony's stutter or stammer, however you want to look at it here. It doesn't seem to be a natural stutter in the sense that you would think of. And I'll play a few clips of what we're talking about. That's hair. Right? That's hair left over. This is the hair afterwards. This person had very short hair. As you can see, it's like flaky. It flakes off real fast. This right here is my blood, so so miss so miss um fake that, you know, for for for, for um blood of the person, alright, because they 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 have no blood. It seems to me that he's almost losing his train of thought, and as you had alluded to, it may be the effects of some kind of drug or alcohol, more so than a speech impediment. I don't know. That's just something I'm getting out of it. And just based on the fact that he was referring to uh, July as a cold month. And he just seems to be making a number of verbal uh, mistakes throughout the video. What were the big drugs being used by then? Was, was like crystal meth around at that point? How the hell am I supposed to know, Chris? What are you getting at? <laughs> if you're looking at the 80s, mid 80s to yeah, into the early 90s, there was a huge crack epidemic, especially in the New York area. So, uh, you know, I've never done crack, so I don't know the effects that it has on you, but uh, maybe old Anthony was uh, under the influence of something here. There's just no emotion in this kid. There's a very blank, distant stare. His face is just like dead. In all seriousness, he's telling you how to do this and what you're going to encounter. He's talking about, you know, if the body's somewhat new, you're, you know, you're going to have eyeballs still on the head and you got to pretend that it's just a prop. Just pretend that it's not real and stick your fingers down to the socket, pull the head back, and then hopefully this spinal cord will pop off or some shit. Not only does it sound like he's definitely done this before, at first I thought maybe it was just a joke because of how the flow of the video wasn't very good. It's almost like he was making up the steps as he was going along, but then I just realized that's just kind of how he talks. So I actually think that he's not only done this before, but he's got pretty good experience doing it. 
Now, Chris, let me play this clip, and I, I think this is going to further your point. Every one of them looks different. If you want, you can find something about five years old, and you'll find something real good. It's gonna, it's gonna smell like crazy. I think it will. I, I really think it will. It will be a little fleshy, but um, I think that's the good part. Cause if you ask me, oh, all right, your, um, your first one's gonna be very exciting, but your second one's gonna be a little boring. This is my second one. It, this is a little boring, you know. I'm, I find no fear in holding it, tossing around, you know. Really, and everything uses a baton, you know. It don't matter to me anymore. If you find something fleshy, that bugs you out seriously, because it, it really catches you. It smells, it's hard, but um, in a way, it like, it's weird and everything. You can see what the person looked like when they first died, or they're gonna be a little decomposed. So the, um, all right, so you look for something about one year old at the most. If you want, you can look for a freshly dug grave. Look for a freshly dug grave. It'll be so, Chris, as we just heard Anthony so eloquently describe the excitement behind your first grave robbing attempt, as you heard, he goes on to say that it kind of loses its uh, luster the second, third, fourth time you do it, and eventually you're going to want to get paid for doing this criminal activity. So I think you're absolutely right. This kid has obviously done this more than once. He seems at this point to be an old pro at it. As I watched this video, it became more and more apparent to me, being I had grown up in this area, just judging by the outfit that Anthony's wearing here, judging by the names and uh, the accents here, this definitely took place in New York, whether it be in one of the boroughs, maybe Yonkers or Long Island, I don't know, but somewhere within that vicinity. In this video, he actually says too in a part that if someone does see you and that there is a witness, it's better, he says, not to have to kill somebody, but if you gotta, you, you gotta kill them. Yeah, he, he says that, and he, he uh, another part that uh, I'm going to play right now here, Chris, and uh, I want you to listen carefully here, Anthony uh, drops some more knowledge on us, just in case there is a witness. Uh, let's see what Anthony has to say about this. Never leave witnesses. If you have to knock them out, knock them out so that way they think it's a dream. It's best not to kill but if it's necessary do it so there you have it out of the mouth of anthony himself chris if there is a witness if you don't want to kill them perhaps just hit them on the back of the head and knock them out this way when they come to they're going to think it was a dream yeah never mind the fact that when they do wake up they'll be waking up where you knock them out and <laughs> with a splitting headache of course it was a dream <laughs> So remember how I said we were going to talk about how we come to find out that his name is Anthony? And this is when things get a little bit more interesting because at the end of the video, Anthony refers to himself and some of his, I guess you'd want to call them co-workers, as the forefathers of grave robbery. And essentially talking about it in a, a very gloating sense that people are now upon seeing this video, most likely going to start following them in these grave robbing endeavors. What were the names? <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we let Anthony tell us, Chris? Okay, this was made by, uh, by Anthony. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, let's forget the last name. It's Anthony and Gino, okay? This was made by Astro. Um, 
who worked hard. Um, also, Pucci, Pucci and Daco um, also helped it uh, at the very beginning. So there you have it, Chris. Gino, Daco, Pucci. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> so his little group of cohorts here have all been named which contradicts his advice throughout the whole video of uh, keeping yourself anonymous and working by your lonesome. <laughs> so Anthony's obviously not playing with a full deck here. To make matters even worse, he gives us his name and he says, and this is the part that gets a lot of people talking on the internet. He says, Anthony, and begins to give a last name of Cass, but then pulls back and says, let's not give any last names here. Now, Regarding his actual identity, this is probably the biggest clue that we get in this video. So we now have the first name of Anthony and the beginning of the last name is Cass. A quick Google search would uh, reveal that there was indeed a, a man by the name of Anthony Casamassimo. <laughs> Did I say that right, Chris? Casamassima. Casamassima, all right. This guy was actually arrested on September 5th of 1999, which would roughly be about five to 10 years after this video was filmed. Mr. Casamassima was arrested for grave robbery, but not in the way you would think. This guy essentially stole artwork and window panes and things of that nature. He was never actually convicted of stealing body parts. But anyway, he was the topic of a New York Times article, as I said, dated back in 1999, entitled A Passion for Graveyard Art That Took a Criminal Turn, Tiffany Glass and Other Tales from the Crypt. And there's a picture that goes along with this article, and I'll post that on Instagram and Facebook. Looking at that picture, Chris, from the New York Times article, and comparing it to our little Anthony in the Grave Robbing for Morons video, do you see anything similar between the two Grave Robbing gents? I think I do. I think I see a resemblance there. I'm going to zoom in on it right now. I'm looking at this kid. I don't know where they got the picture of this kid. <laughs> the, the guy on the New York Times article here, if he was in the midst of actually robbing a grave, but he looks just as dirty as the Anthony that's in our video here. And I'm putting them side by side, dude. To me, the physical features and the shape of the face are very similar. Now, people say that there's a huge discrepancy here, and that's basically surrounding the age, because as you said, this kid in the video looks to be, you know, in his late teens or early 20s, and the other Anthony Casamassima, Casamassimo, from the New York Times article, who was arrested in 1999, was 40 years old at the time. So they're saying that the dates don't really line up, and that very well may be the case, but I have a theory here, Chris. Maybe Anthony in our grave robbing from Moron's video has Ralph Macchio syndrome, where he's much older than he appears. So maybe he was 30 years old in this video, you know, or maybe in his late 20s. So if Anthony from the video is a little bit older than we think, the dates and the ages would indeed line up. But alas, Chris, we find out that the identity of Anthony from the grave robbing from Moron's video has never been revealed. That's right. Nobody has been able to identify this grave robber. Or have they? Because, Chris, as I was watching this uh, YouTube video, 
we should mention that you can just type this into the search engine on YouTube, Grave Robbing for Morons, and it'll pop right up for everyone's viewing pleasure. Access granted. Now, as I said, I was going through the comments here, and one stuck out to me. A gentleman, I think a gentleman, who goes by, your nickname, Chris, Snowbird. And uh, this comment was left roughly five years ago, and I'm going to read this verbatim. This person writes, his nickname was really Screws. I can confirm this. My aunt lived in Brooklyn, and I used to see this guy on occasion when I used to visit her. He was popular in the area for being a shifty kind of guy who was into shifty crap. I don't know if he's still alive, but I last saw him around 97, 98, and he was in his mid-20s by then. He seemed to get shabbier as he aged. Small build, wasn't more than 5'6". Hair was still long the last time I saw him. So then this guy goes on to say that there was another person who said that he knows that this guy, Anthony, from the video is indeed dead because he was found in a dumpster somewhere in New York. Basically saying that he was a victim of foul play and then uh, the body was therefore put into a dumpster to be found at a later date and time. So uh, Snowbird goes on to say, this guy here said that he was found dead in a dumpster. I never heard of this. I'd ask my aunt, but she passed away last year. There's a commenter here that goes on to say, and I quote, The guy with the grave robberies is from Red Hook, goes by the name of Screws. He's been dead damn near 20 years now. He used to sell bones to some of the, it says, Hognans over in Sheepheads Bay. But I'm assuming maybe that's a typo and he means hooligans? I don't know. And uh, I'm not going to find out either, Chris. I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised that no one knew that. It's common knowledge around me. I'm from Ozone Park originally. It was the local scuttlebutt back in the early 90s when I was a teenager. He ran a chop shop too back in the day. Bootleg movies, knockoff clothes, you name it. That's how he got the nickname Screws. He used to screw everyone. From what I heard, they found him over in Whitestone in a dumpster by the bridge with his knees parallel to his ears. He's been bent backwards in the wrong direction. His head was resting against his ass. Damn! Perhaps uh, if this was the fate of old Anthony here, that it was one of the family members of the victims whose grave he robbed. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, if I got wind that somebody had robbed a grave of a family member, I might be uh, camping out at said graveyard for uh, the little shit to show up again. Yeah, and I definitely do agree that the proper punishment would be for his head to be buried in his own ass, Chris, as uh, <laughs> this gentleman alludes to. <laughs> but who knows, because as I said, this guy's never been identified. So to me, it seems like this guy, Screws, seems to be just as good of a lead as the Anthony Casamassimo from the New York Times article. I, I just don't know. But let's wrap this up because uh, Anthony goes on to finish the video with a few more grandiose uh, ideas of his own. Basically saying that he wants to up the ante of some of the graves that he robs. He says, essentially, if you were to rob Elvis's grave or Mellon Monroe's, that you have to ask at least a million dollars, right? <laughs> he goes on to state that and to get into greater detail, being there in the New York area here, he says that their next big hit is going to be the grave of your idol, Chris, Harry Houdini. Good luck. Watch this magic trick, Chris. I'm over here now. 
Okay, we get it. (laughs) (laughs) So you know me, Chris. I like to do my due diligence when it comes to researching these episodes. A quick search on the World Wide Web, as you call it, revealed to me that there were quite a few instances in the late 90s and the early 2000s where Harry Houdini's grave was actually messed with. It was never broken into, but the external part of uh, the tombstone and the grave itself was damaged, Chris. Could this be the work of Anthony Gino Paco Mbucci? <laughs> As you uh, so eloquently put their names, who knows? I mean, I, I suppose that's, that's definitely possible. It seems to me that it's weird that it was tried... Almost like people tried to break in several times, but was it that sealed that nobody could get in, or was old Houdini up to his old tricks? <laughs> uh, I'm looking at his grave, dude, and it's fucking huge. To me, it looks like a, it's a whole family mausoleum. It appears to me it's at least four to five feet tall and roughly, I don't know, 10 to 12 feet in width. So it's quite a substantial piece of stone to move. Chris, I just want to share one more little piece of wisdom from old Anthony uh, with our listeners here. He gives advice on how to prep the night before your grave robbing excursion. And I'm going to play that now. The night before you do it, you should get laid. You should get laid because that exercises certain muscles. And as a matter of fact, you do uh, have a lot more um, energy. Because I don't know why. It just it seems to exercise a lot of the muscles. So, Chris, there you have it. Those are the wise words of Anthony there. If you decide to go grave robbing the night before, you got to get laid. But what do you think of that? <laughs> what a formula. Uh, I can't say I disagree with them, I guess. <laughs> According to him, it relaxes certain muscles. Not sure any of those muscles are needed to rob graves, but... <laughs> so, Chris, you watched this entire video and, you know, you read all the little articles that we looked into. What says you? Do you think that this video is authentic? Are these guys actual grave robbers? Yeah. I think so. I think uh, I think he gives enough details, and the fact that he has what appears to be a, an actual human remains, I think that this is somebody who's just like on drugs, a little bit unstable, and thoroughly actually enjoys doing this kind of work. I, I think he would do it for no money, to be honest. Even though he mentions that after it loses its luster after the first few times. It seems like he's kind of obsessed with it. Yeah, and judging by the looks of his hands, as I said, you know, they were all scuffed up and filled with dirt. It looks like he just went and robbed that grave that night. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So thanks for asking me what I think, Chris. Uh, (laughs) I'm, (laughs) upon looking at the video, my expert analysis here tells me this video is indeed authentic. I, I just don't think unless this guy's a hell of an actor, that uh, he'd be able to put this together. Judging by his speech pattern, his tones, the authentic nature of the video itself, uh, and uh, the look of the skull and the additional bones there, I'm left with no choice, Chris. I have to say, in my heart of hearts, that I do think that this is an authentic video. I, I think that these guys are indeed grave robbers. But 
it still doesn't answer the question, who the hell is Anthony? Is it this Anthony Casamassino? Or is it this guy Screws from Brooklyn that a bunch of the commenters claim to have known? We may never know. Access denied. So that's it, Chris. That is a wrap on episode number 86, Grave Robbing for Morons. So let me do the rundown and we can get the hell out of here for the day, Chris. It's not night. It's daytime. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com or you can get in touch with us all over social media on Instagram or Facebook between the cracks podcast. If you would like to become one of our lovely patrons, please feel free to click on the link in the show notes. And there you can find the link to our merch shop as well. So, Chris, with all that said, what do you say we wish to find, find people out in podcast land the fondest? Oh, a fair 